Hi, and welcome into another edition of The Front Office. My name is Tony Lombardi, and I'm joined by Russell Street Reports capologist extraordinaire, I should say, Brian McFarland. Brian, how are you today? Good, Tony, good. Other than the weather, but, you know, such is life. Yes, life. And you've been busy. A lot of people calling you about your expertise and trying to weigh in on what the Ravens might or might not do. Yeah, I did uh, Ravens versus 14 out of Sykesville last night, did their meeting. It was nice, a uh, good crowd, and I tried to keep it as simple as I could, and I saw a lot of blank stares at different points, so I, I tried to fit it as best I could, but everybody seemed to be seemed to enjoy it. So, Well, you know, I've known you for, what, 15 years, 16 years? And, yeah. And sometimes when you talk to me, and I, I, I write about this stuff, and I read all your stuff, and I, I get a blank stare every now and then, so I get it. <laughs> so before we get into the topics today, Brian, I, I wanted to mention that the front office is brought to you in part by Royal Farms. Start each morning with a hot, fresh cup of Royal Farms coffee. It's made one cup at a time from the finest coffee beans in the world. That's Royal Farms, affectionately referred to as ROFO. So there's been a lot of talk about contracts already, and the new year isn't upon us yet. But we got the blockbuster news yesterday about this mammoth contract from Aaron Rodgers or for Aaron Rodgers that he claims that he hasn't signed or maybe he signed it by now. I don't know. He's that guy is a, is a drama queen. Oh but boy. The, the other news was the blockbuster trade involving the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks involving Russell Wilson. And I want to touch on, on both of those topics, but let's start with a rod first, Brian, because that one kind of plays into things and topics, situations near and dear to the Ravens, that being Lamar Jackson, there have been people out there that have suggested that Lamar, and I think Josina Anderson was one of them, suggested that Lamar should sit back and wait and see how these other deals develop before he commits to a contract. And for a guy, Brian, who doesn't have an agent, he seems to be playing this pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I think we all thought last year after <coughs> that Josh, <coughs> pardon me, the Josh Allen's deal kind of set the the parameters for, for Lamar at, you know, roughly 43 uh, mil per year. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, since it unfortunately really couldn't get done last year because of the Ravens cap situation. I mean, at this point, Lamar's, you know, I mean, he's got some, I mean, both sides have leverage. So, it, you know, it's one of those, uh, you know, it's, it depends on how you want to look at it and who you think has more. And I think beauty's in the eye of the beholder on that, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to see Rogers numbers before we say it's really 50 million a year. Um, we, we heard that. I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure it's that on paper, but is he going to play all four years? Um, some of the reports were it was very cap friendly in the first two years, which makes it hard to believe it's going to be 50 million a year um, that he's going to get paid hundred million over those two years. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll have to see. Um, but it certainly, I mean, it, you know, blew the top, allegedly blows the top off of the market by $5 million because Mahomes was 40, 45 a year. So um, yeah, so we'll see um, how that goes. Yeah, and he is a drama queen for sure. Um, I don't, uh, you know, he's a great quarterback, but you got to wonder sometimes about, and I, I really wonder what his teammates think of him, but you, you haven't heard anybody say anything bad. So, I mean, I think that's the most important thing when it comes to your quarterback and your football team. 
Yeah, I think if someone said anything bad about Aaron Rodgers, he'd probably fire them because he has that kind of power and clout, it seems seemingly in Green Bay. Oh, that's true. That's true. At this point, yeah. I mean, they've they've gone all in on him. This is this looks like it'll probably be sort of what New Orleans did with Drew Brees in his last couple of years. You know, they they kind of rolled deals and rolled deals and restructured to lower figures. He still gets the same amount of money and they push money out. And at some point they're going to have to, you know, they have to pay up, pay up on it. But, you know, if the cap does grow substantially over the next couple of years, they may be able to minimize that, um, you know, down the road. So talk about the impact. Well, before I even ask that question, let's let's back it up and, and address it a different way with. Lamar, if A-Rod had not signed or completed this deal that's allegedly done, if that hadn't happened and the market remained as it was with Mahomes at the top of the food chain at $45 million per, where do you think Lamar should be slotted in there? Well, yeah, so prior to this deal, I would have said, um, you know, that he should probably be in – the Josh Allen 43 million a year range 40 to 43 um obviously you know if Lamar you know if he plays this year out at the 23 million uh, fifth year option and he's a free agent next year I mean that changes things because you know you either you either tag him or you give him the big deal and once he's a pending free agent you know you're you're kind of forced to do something one of those two things. So, you know, you might have to pay up. And obviously, if it gets to that point, a lot would depend on how he plays this next year. And certainly, he seems like he's willing to back on himself. Um, and, you know, I mean, he, he goes out and wins the Super Bowl this year, then he's going over 50 million. If he goes out and has an MVP quality year, um, if it doesn't happen before then, obviously, then he's probably going over the 45, but maybe not the 50. Um, if, if they get something done this off season, you're probably looking at the 43, 45 to 43 in that range. I don't know that he'll top Mahomes, but you know, it seems like he, you know, he wants a billionaire. One, it was one of the quotes he wants to, you know, um, so I, you know, unfortunately there may be some unreasonable expectations there that without an agent, it makes it hard. So you've got A-Rod. We're going to assume that that's a deal. I know you need to look at the numbers, see what the cap hit is, and it's cap-friendly in year one. Sounds like it might be heavily backloaded, but it always boils down to what those guarantees are. We did hear a number of $153 million guarantee. That That's a mammoth amount uh, for a four-year deal as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, I mean, when you get the older quarterbacks, that's all they're worried about is what's the – I mean, well, always, all, all players are worried about the guarantees, but – you know, that's that's what he knows he's going to make um, no matter how long he's, you know, he, he continues to play. And now some of that some of that will question is a true full guarantee or, or not, you know, so that third and fourth year would have guarantees probably. But if he retires, those guarantees would go away. So, um, you know, so they're, they, you know, again, the beauty is an eye of the beholder and the, or the, actually, I said the devil's in details in this case. Um, so what, what that, what those numbers actually, uh, end up being, but I don't think, I mean, right now, I don't, you know, I don't see Lamar making the argument, well, you know, I, I'm worth more than Aaron Rodgers. So I don't see where he gets to that 50 personally. I don't see where he gets to say he's, you know, he's, he's worth more than Mahomes, but the market dictates 
And again, the closer you get to becoming a free agent, you know, we've seen plenty of times where guys got way more than we ever dreamed because they were a free agent. And, you know, uh, the market says that somebody's going to pay them that amount. Well, we have a, that situation happen right here in Baltimore where Joe Flacco signed that big deal following Super Bowl 47, and he became the top paid player in the league. I think maybe even the richest of all time at that point in time. And that's, again, a knee-jerk response to what happened most recently. And he certainly wasn't ever better than Ben Roethlisberger or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, but he was paid more. Yeah, yeah. And that didn't last very long. I remember who uh, I think Matt Ryan surpassed him uh, a, like a couple months later. But that, but that, again, is, you know, that's what the market dictates. Um, and, you know, what, what a free, especially a free agent can demand. So um, now the Ravens next year, you know, would have the option of franchise tagging him. And, you know, that creates an interesting dilemma for them because there are two franchise tags. There's the non-exclusive, which is the one we hear most of, most uh, hear of about most of the time. And that, that would be about 30 to 35, which isn't great, but is, you know, pretty doable for the Ravens and that, but that only gives them the right to match a deal or receive two first round picks, the exclusive tag, which will be over 40 million. And, and obviously depends on Rogers. And, you know, if, I guess if, um, uh, if Wilson gets a deal from Denver uh, before the end of the year, uh, you know, that one's going to be over 40, but that, that guarantees he can't negotiate with anybody else. Um, so that guarantees he's here. Uh, brings up an interesting dilemma if they're getting nowhere with him. You know, would they risk going? Because well, you can't do poison pills in contracts anymore. Would they risk potentially losing him for just two first-round picks? But if, but with the idea that it will match any deal he gets. So we're going to let, since we're, not, we're getting nowhere with him, maybe we can have him negotiate with somebody else, and then we can, you know, we can match that. Um, so that, I mean, that's an interesting dilemma. Most teams don't do risk that with their star quarterback, but again, if you're getting nowhere, uh, you know, that, that may be their only option really to force the issue one way or another. Speaking of star quarterbacks, you mentioned Russell Wilson, Wilson also, and you know, the, the trade with Denver, a big trade, Russell Wilson goes to Denver and in exchange for three players, five draft picks, Russell Wilson has a lot of leverage here because the team's not going to give up all that in draft capital and three players to get a guy who's only going to be around for what he's on. He's has a contract for 2022 and 2023 at what now looks like a bargain cap hitch or 24 and 27 million in those years respectively. And he's being paid 19 and 22. He's got Denver over a barrel a little bit. Oh, without a doubt. And I mean, you would, I seemingly came together quickly. So I don't know if, you know, usually when you're making that kind of trade, you know, you're asking to talk to the agent um, and, you know, talk about parameters of a deal or getting something, you know, kind of down or, or, you know, ideally as soon as the trade is made, you know, getting it done, obviously they, the trade isn't official till next Wednesday. So they've got some time between now and then to, to work on that. Uh, but yes, I mean, I, so I think he's got, I mean, he is 34, um, but he's certainly, if anybody's going to top right now, top that 50, um, you've got to think it's him uh, next year. Um, 
Burrow and Herbert would be available for, for contract extensions because it'll be after their third year in the league. So they may well top that as well. But for the time being, uh, Wilson, I mean, with the leverage he has, uh, you know, certainly could uh, demand top, the top of the market. And you would think too, Brian, that they are working on a deal, as you described, and they're going to want to have that done before the season starts. And if that is the case and it plays out that way, I'm Lamar Jackson. I might wait for that one too. Well, and that, and that may well be. And at this point, you know, I mean, I know, I mean, I think it's pretty clear the Ravens would love to have had a deal yesterday, so to speak, but uh, you know, getting a deal done as, you know, everybody, as we've talked about before, before free agency and the, the cap space that could create, um, you know, I, I, that that's not going to happen now. Again, whether I don't know, I don't see the Ravens. If I'm the Ravens, I, if, even if Wilson comes in at over 50, that's two over 50. I don't I don't think you can pay Lamar right now over 50. I just don't think that makes sense. Um, you know, I know you're, you're paying for future performance, but obviously his most recent uh, past performance was not, you know, up to stuff of that kind of, uh, of players, so, you know, so that's, that's, a, if that's where he is, you know, I think you're looking at the free, you know, the franchise tag next year. A few years ago, I was uh, co-host on the Ravens wrap down in Ocean City, Maryland at the original Green Turtle. And each year, Steve Bishotti would make a trip down there because he's friends with owner Steve Pappas. And one of the years, I can't remember exactly when it was, but one of the years we started to talk about the salary cap. Now, we didn't go into the details that, that you provide on Russell Street Report, but what we did talk about was their sort of approach to managing the cap. And in his mind, he wanted to manage the cap in a way that would allow the Ravens to remain competitive year in and year out. So they weren't going to go all in. You haven't seen the Ravens use option years, at least to my knowledge, and they don't go crazy and free agency and those sort of things. But lately, Brian, the, you've seen a trend towards teams going all in and they've been successful. Tampa went all in and won Super Bowl 55. The Rams went all in, won Super Bowl 56. And now it looks like the Denver Broncos are going to go all in. If the Ravens were to do something like that, because we know that Eric DaCosta can be aggressive, but I, I know if by going all in, you might sacrifice your cap for the foreseeable future. So if the Ravens took that kind of approach and kicked a bunch of cans down the road, how would you feel about that, number one? And number two, what might it look like in terms of, what they'd have to do in 2023, 2024 to get back to ground zero. Yeah. I mean, so that approach is basically, um, you know, and that approach is, as you mentioned, is sort of more the new wave, the, as you, as, as Bishotti said, you know, being competitive every year was the, you know, the way of the Eagles and the Green Bay Packers and, the, the Steelers, you know, those and those teams were, uh, for the most part, always considered, you know, well managed, uh, both from obviously from personnel and, and from a cap perspective. Um, the Steelers were always up against the cap, but they always had a lot of flexibility to make cap space uh, with the way they structured their deals. So 
a lot of times, you know, people would say, oh, well, they're going to be 20 million over the cap. Well, they, they weren't going to be, they, they wasn't really a problem to get plenty of cap space. So, so, but obviously, as you said, with, you know, the way the Rams did it this year and Tampa the year before seems to be the approach. Um, obviously with a younger quarterback, you have more quote unquote, more time in those cases, they both are not that Stafford's that old, but certainly with Brady, you know, there was an older situation with Russell Wilson and now certainly Green Bay won all, all in last year. Um, and obviously they're going to do what they can to go all in this year as well. But that's, again, an aging quarterback. So, um, you know, I mean, I think there's I, I'd like to say there's a there's a, a line you can do both. <laughs> you know, you can strategically, you know, make your go for your big hits uh, on free agents. But also, you know, as long as you're drafting well, you're, you're bringing in the young talent that that can fill the, you know, fill the spots that you're not filling with, a, you know, a, a, a middle range or middle class, uh, f- uh, or, you know, veteran. So, um, you know, what it would mean is restructuring a bunch of deals. Uh, and I, I, I part, I don't see that. And in, in, we've already talked, I, you know, I think they're going to redo Humphrey. I think they'll extend, I'm uh, not extend, uh, restructure Zeitler. I mean, if they're going all in, then they're, they want that 7 million from Ronnie Stanley. Which, but that's not really advisable given his injury history, because when you're doing that, you're putting you're you're taking you're basically trading cap this year's cap dollar, future cap dollars for this year's cap dollars. So you're creating space this year by taking away space in the future, especially if you need to tag Lamar. Um, you know, even if even at the lower one, that's you know, that's going to be 10 million more than he would count this year. Um, now, the cap should go up. 10 to 15, maybe more next year. Uh, they don't generally allow huge jumps. They've always tried to flatten those out, but uh, under the old CBA, all the jumps were 10. Seemingly there's more money this with the gambling and the new TV contract. So, you know, that should perhaps jump to, you know, 15 a year, uh, but we're still below where we would have been if they're not for the pandemic. And I, I, I just think that's, if, if you get it right, like the Rams did and, you know, the Bucks did, that's fine. But, you know, the, the, the Saints kicked the can down the road with Breeze for many years. It didn't work. Green Bay's been doing it for years now. Uh, the Steelers, to an extent, did it with Roethlisberger. So, you know, it, it's not, you know, it's, it's great. It's one thing to say, yeah, it worked for these guys. But there are a lot of other teams, you, you know, people aren't always paying attention to that have kind of taken that approach already and hasn't worked out so well. Good point. I wanted to talk a little bit about the changes in the Ravens cap. Now they haven't really signed anybody. They haven't, other than Tony Jefferson, they haven't really done anything with restructures quite yet, but the cap dropped by, I think it was about 2.7, 2.8 million due to some incentives that were earned. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so that's a that's a uh, that's an annual thing. Uh, sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative. I believe last year they gained about four hundred thousand. So, when you have incentives in a player's contract, and when you're tight against the cap, that's something you you often use a mechanism you often use, and you structure it so that those those incentives uh, weren't reached the, those thresholds. I should say weren't reached the prior year. So I'll use I'll use Class Campbell as an example. I don't know the exact details, but I, I can pretty much guess. So in um, 2020, Campbell only played in 12 games. 
in last March, they restructured his deal. He took a pay cut, but they allowed him to earn some of that money back by uh, through incentives. And they structured those incentives so they wouldn't count on last year's cap. But if he earned them, he, they would count as an, as an adjustment, which is what we're talking about um, on this year's cap. So, um, so, Campbell, so Campbell in 2020 played in 12 games. So if, if, they, if the incentive was to play in 13 games, then that wouldn't have counted on or more. That wouldn't have counted on last year's cap. It would have been what we call not likely to be earned because it wasn't earned the prior season. And then once earned, it doesn't hit last year's cap, the 2021 cap, but it does. It is one of these adjustments on the 2022 cap. So that's what that 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 was a big part of that. Um, I believe that was 1.5 or 2 million of that 2.7. Uh, Mark Andrews had a 250 thousand um, dollar incentive for making the Pro Bowl, and then Chris Board had some incentives, and I'm not Chris Board. Um, um, Latavius Murray had some incentives. So he reached, um, he reached his incentives again, when they signed, uh, when they signed Murray back in September, right before the season, they didn't have a lot of cap space. They didn't have a lot of flexibility. So they put incentives in his deal. And I believe touchdowns, he, I think he had six this year and he had five the year before, and that must've been the threshold. So that got him 500,000. Um, so that's what that, that's what that is. Um, you know, when, when, with the years the Ravens have been more flush in cap space, they don't use those as much, and you don't see that adjustment hurting them like that. But uh, this time it hurt them uh, mainly because of Campbell earning those uh, playing, being healthy. And I mean, you know, without him, I mean, you know, he was he was their best defensive lineman. So you know, you got to take the good with the bad there. That um, without him, without you know, if they had to cut him last year because they couldn't, you know, he they wouldn't put incentives in or he wouldn't take a pay cut, then you know, um, they, they wouldn't have been very, you know, wouldn't help their season last year. So it's, it's one of those things, you know, you got to, if you have to deal with it, if the player plays well, then he's earned it. And, you know, you're, it's going to hit your cap the following year. Right, I, I think I'll be speculating a bit here, but regarding player incentives, I would guess I'd know the answer to this, but I, I wanted your opinion. Do you think that an agent, let's say Clash Campbell, for example, that you just used, you think his agent saying, hey, Calais, I, I know you've got a, a sore ankle, but if you can get in the game one more time this season, you've got a chance to earn some additional incentives. Do, do you think that goes on? Oh, I'm sure it does. I mean, I'm sure it does. Um, I mean, there was, you know, part of the um, Antonio Brown flap in, in Tampa was uh, when he decided to um, prance off. I don't know what the right word <laughs> off the field to cart to uh, jumping jacks off the field uh, was because he had incentives on the line and he felt he was getting frozen out. I mean, that's at least that seems to be one of the theories of why he, you know, he blew a gasket. So um, there's that. And there, I mean, there's, there's also video of, of Gronk going in that same game, Gronk going over to Brady and giving him a big hug because on their first drive, Brady, you know, um, targeted him like three times and he needed it. He had to get a, you know, reset. He needed a certain amount of receptions to get an incentive. So the players know, it. I mean, they definitely know it. Um, whether it comes down to being healthy enough to, you know, get into one game, if that's the three, if that's all a player needs and it's the last game of the year, 
I would guess so. But there's also been situations where I know the Ravens have done it. They did it with Jimmy Smith a couple of years back where he fell. And there are a couple other times so players fell just short of their incentive. They paid it anyway. Um, you know, I think, I mean, they weren't millions of millions of dollars, but they were, you know, a couple hundred thousand or something like that. And obviously if they had the cap space to do it, um, you know, that that's, that's, you know, that's good. That's good being a, you know, a player friendly team, player friendly front office coaches. So, um, you know, I, but that definitely, I mean, all the, I, the, the players absolutely know <laughs> what their incentives are. And, and, and if, if they don't, the eight, I'm sure, as you said, I'm sure the agent keeps them abreast of it for sure. Brian, I'll put a bow on this edition of the front office. I, I wanted just to see if you can give us an update on what the Ravens current cap situation is, how many players are under contract. And also let's touch upon that effective cap space one more time. Sure. So right now they're just a little over 7 million with about 53 players with are with 53 players uh, under contract. Uh, they still have eight um, exclusive rights, free agents to a tender. Um, yeah. None of these are, you know, names. A lot of these guys may not even make the team, but they're cheap labor. They're not going to affect the cap because there might, a lot of them aren't even amongst the top 51 so, and if they do, they're only going to change the cap by 90,000 in some cases. So um, they, they will likely tender all of those. Um, they do have two restricted free agents. Um, this is a piece of business I would think we might see uh, before next Wednesday. And that is Chris Westry is one of them. They, they are high on him, but the low restricted free agent tender is, is 2.433. Um that might be uh, if they were flushing cap space that that might be a luxury they could you know be willing to um to swallow but given their tightness against the cap i don't see that happening but he could be a guy that they would re-sign and bring back they've done that with restricted free agents a one or two deal that you know maybe it's a million and a half instead of that 2.4 um this year so that's something that or there could be incentives in that where the more playing time he gets um, he could get back to the 2.5, something like that. Um, so with the, with those changes, that would take them back down to about 5.5. So that's kind of their starting point for the league year. Um, Cause that just gets the, all the off season business that they need to do taken care of. Um, and then you, you know, then there's going to need to be reached, you know, if they're going to be, they're going to sign any free agents or restart re-signing guys. Uh, they're going to need to create a lot of cap space. They have, they have future expenses they have to be mindful of. And this is the, the effective cap space that I'm trying, you know, trying to put out there for people. They're not going to have, you know, 40 million. You can look at the, okay, they cut this guy, they cut this guy, they restructure this guy. We can have 40 million. Well, they're not going to have 40 million to spend because, and I'm not even saying they're, they come close to 40 million without, certainly without an extension for Lamar, they can't. Um, but they've got roughly about 15 uh, to 16 million in, future expenses that need to be accounted for. That's their rookie class. That's their practice squad. I mean, the practice squad is a minimum of $3.3 million just by itself. Um, they have practice squad elevations. You know, they, they, they've been very active in bringing guys up. Um, so they have to set aside money for that. And then they just need that, you know, that injury replacement fund. Um, they blew through any number you could have ever imagined last year with that. Usually it's about five million. I've I've done it at six this year, just because um, I'm gun shy, I guess. Um, 
when I did it at five last year, people scoffed at it and they, they needed 15, you know, as it turned out. So, um, so those are the future expenses. So when you get to that point, they've got a lot of work to do. Uh, hump, like I said earlier, Humphrey and Zeidler, easy extension uh, uh, restructures. That'll create about 9.5 million, a little over 9.5. Tavon Young is going to be an interesting question as far as, you know, do they just cut him and save six or do they try to work a deal with him to reduce that um, and keep him around? And then, you know, the, uh, Peters would be a good extension if they can get it done. And Lamar would be a big chip in that, you know, and that's, you know, that's pretty much they can create space. It's not going to be a lot of spending space, um, but they 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 could have a move or two in them. I, you know, I don't think they're going to go out and get the top of, you know, the top guy on the market at any position um, unless they unless they get something like Lamar done between now and then. What you're saying, the Ravens are not going to be all in in 2022. I would think it would be hard without Lamar getting without getting Lamar done. I think it's really hard to do that. Now they could, you know, they could if they want to restructure Stanley. That's that's truly going all in, and and you know, um, the future be damned. And that, but the, you know, that's another almost seven million there. There's some other guys they can get a million or two out of lesser. Uh, you know, lesser restructures, but I mean, they could do that. I mean, that's what they did back in before, before I, when I started understanding this stuff and paying attention to this stuff, that's what they did in, in 2001 after they won the Super Bowl. they restructured everybody down to the bone to keep everybody around and then to bring Gert back in, uh, you know, so that they could make one more run at it. And that's why 2002 was the purge year. And they went back to, you know, and they released or, or let everybody walk in free agency. I was like 14 starters, you know, departed that year. So um, they'd have more flexibility this year than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it would be, it would surprise me, you know, uh, it would very much surprise me. Brian, great stuff as always. You've been listening to the front office. The front office has been brought to you in part by Royal Farms, ground just seconds before brewing. It's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Rural Farms. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at RSR Lombardi and Brian can be found at Raven Salary Cap. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube at Russell Street Report. And also please hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for listening, everyone.